From bookpop.com, you are listening to Snively Snuffin from the Snuffin Chronicles. Written by Stephen Cosgrove, narrated by Stephen Cosgrove. Hey, hey, that's me! Raindrops plucked, dripped and dropped into the streams and flowed to your dreams. Raindrops plucked, dripped and dropped into the streams that flow to your dreams. In a dropped into streams beyond your dreams in a land called Nahility Hill. The streams giggled and gurgled over pebbles and rocks. The streams slowed as they flowed into Jam and Jelly Creek, through the Farble Forest and there emptied gently into the River Wye. Faster now, with purpose, the waters ran under Jim Crack Crossing and wound through the hills and valleys of this land. The river flowed through a tiny town, nestled in the woods in this land called Nahility Hill. Charming little town, with twisting, turning cobblestone streets that wound like taffy from shop to shop. For in this land of Nahility Hill was where the Snuffin lived and played their lives away. The Snuffins were a delightful folk. They were neither gnome nor troll, but rather a little bit of this and a puff of that. If you walked the twisted, cobbled streets of the little village, following the heavily barked trees that lined the lanes, you would come to the oldest part of Nahility Hill, called Old Fusty Lane. Here the trees were thickened with age but strong. Here the air was always cool on warm summer's eve. Here the homes were a bit bigger and seemed to creak and sigh, so filled with the memories they held. Was here in a heavy stone house on Old Fusty Lane that the retired school teacher Snively Snuffin lived with an old cat called Kitty Kitty. <coughs> Snively used to teach at the primary school, but she had retired after years and years of teaching the three M's to most of the Snuffins who lived in Nahility Hill: math, music, and muffinism—the art of baking Snuffin muffins. Be quiet. Don't make a sound. Down the hall we hear her feet. Clacking along in steadfast feet. Very precise. Oh, very persnickety. Jack be nimble. Jack be quickety. Now all together shouting loudly. Good morning, Miss Smiley. Good morning, dear students. <laughs> Hello, students. How are we? Now count together. One, two, three. Snooty, sit still. Jack and Jill ran up the hill. Bees are bumping, eggs are brown. He lays their nasty wraps around. Birds fly, they know why. 
pictures on the wall. Snuff and scats with twinkle toeses. Now, Snoot and Snuff, don't pick your noses. Blow your nose with a handkerchief all. For goodness sake. Now when my time is for the bell rings. Good morning, Miss Darling. Good morning, dear students. Students, attention now, attention please. Now, too old to teach, Snively lived all alone in the house that her grandparents, Snicker and Doodle Snuffin', had built years before in a time when the land was less kind, but almost gentler still. Now that she was older, there wasn't much for Snively to do in Nihility Hill, except to remember. But one summer's day she awoke, leaped from bed as she always did, fed the cat dressed in her finest gown, and suddenly couldn't remember what she was going to do. Well, that's a bit odd, she remarked to the cat. I seem to have lost my thought. I can't remember what I wanted to do today. Uh, maybe some other snuffin' in town would remember. She threw a shawl about her shoulders, and with Kitty Kitty padding at her side, she headed for town. Snively walked the twisted lanes down and around and strode into barters, beans, berries, and grits, the only store in town. Barter was busy, so she stood politely waiting as he paced about, lost in thought. <coughs> she finally said in her finest voice, I am so sorry to interrupt you, but I was wondering if you could help me remember what I should be doing on such a fine day. Barter wheeled on his heel, rattled at the interruption. Uh, uh, I, I'm sorry, he said all flustered. You, you, you startled me, and, and, and now I've lost my thought. What did you say? I said, repeated Snively Snuffin' as she reached down to scratch the cat. Might you remember what I should be doing on such a fine day? No matter how he thought and thought, Barter couldn't remember his thought or her thought or any of the things he was thinking. And Snively went on her way. Snively Snuffin wandered about asking this Snuffin and that Snuffin, but no one could remember what Snively should be doing on this fine summer's day. She finally walked into Ketchpenny Palace, which was also City Hall, and marched right into the office of the mayor himself, Duff Snuffin. Where is the mayor? Duff is his name. The seat of his pants are the butt of his brain. 
Duff was doing what he always did best, sitting on his duff and napping in a warm shaft of sunlight. Snively stood there, listening to him snicker and snore, waiting patiently for him to wake up, when Kitty Kitty jumped up on his ample lap. What's that? Muttered the mayor as he blinked the sleep from his eyes. I am sorry, said she. I didn't mean to wake you, but now that you are awake, I was wondering if you remembered what I was to be doing on such a fine day. The mayor looked about the room, a bit befuddled and terribly confused. Uh, no, I, I can't remember what you were to do. I, I can't remember what I was to do. I, I can't even remember what I was doing or the dream I was dreaming. And no matter how he thought and thought, Mayor Duff couldn't remember his thought or her thought or any of the things he was thinking. And with that, he quite abruptly and somewhat rudely fell fast asleep with Kitty Kitty still on his lap. Come, cat, said Snively Lively. And with a twirl and a rustle, she went on her way in search of someone who would remember. She wandered the rest of the day until finally, as the shadows got longer, she returned home for the night to stay. Batch of muffins, boiled some dandelion tea, and then with the cat curled on her knee, she munched her snuffin' muffins as she sat on the wicker settee. I seem not to remember much today, and I seem to have forgotten a lot. Hmm. Barter lost his thoughts, and the mayor lost his dreams. What a bother. I wonder where the lost thoughts and dreams have gone. She sat and rocked and thought and tried so hard to remember. Oh, joy, she said as she clapped her hands with glee. I'll look in my photo albums, my memory books. There shall I find my lost thoughts, and then I shall remember what I was to do on such a fine day as today. She skittered and scurried about the house, and finally in an old wooden trunk, she found the albums that used to be filled with memories and dreams them on the floor, opened them up, but alas, all the memories were gone. There were no dreams. There were no hopes. There were no written words. There were only pictures of Snuffins, and Snively couldn't remember who they were or why they were in her book or rememberies. Oh, bother, she said as she closed the book with a snap, nearly clapping the tail of the cat. The memories, the lost thoughts and dreams are somewhere. Tomorrow I will look again. With that, she scuffled to bed, climbed beneath the covers, and fell into a deep and dreamless sleep. Bright and early the next morning, Snively marched into town to search for her lost thoughts and dreams. The cat, Kitty Kitty, 
pattered along, meowing at this and that, hoping for a morsel of rat. And Snively stopped any and all snuffins on the street and asked the same question over and over again. Have you seen my lost thoughts? I can't seem to remember what to do on such a fine day as yesterday or today. No one knew the answer. In fact, no matter how they thought and thought, they couldn't remember their thoughts or her thoughts or any of the things they were thinking of. And confused but determined, Snively marched on her way. Finally, in desperation, she wandered into the Snuffin' First National Savings and Grown, where money was stored for the fulfillment of dreams. And there, Snively was greeted by the resident president of the bank, old miserly Hockaday Snuffin'. <coughs> Excuse me, said Snively. Have you seen my lost thoughts and dreams? I've lost them someplace, and I need so desperately to remember. Well, there are no dreams in this bank, no siree, grumbled old Hockaday as he slammed close a ledger of dusty loans long since overdue. Snively started to leave the bank when the old pinchfist added, But I repossessed a building once where thoughts and dreams were stored. Snuffins didn't go there much and I closed it down. Really? gushed Snively as she rushed back inside. Do you remember where it is? Of course I do, grumbled the old tightwad. I know where everything I own is. Yeah, and I'd sell that old place and the dreams inside in a minute for a dime. With that, he told Snively where the building was. She rushed down the street, her skirts rustling on the cobbles, the cat skittering beside. Up the down street and down the up street, she walked until she came to a place covered from porch to roof with flowering vines called forget-me-nots. Well, she said as she began pulling the flowery vines from the walls and the windows, this must be it, kitty kitty. And sure enough, as she tugged and pulled on the weathered vines, a sign was exposed carved into the marble entry. It read simply, The Remembry, Storage Place of Thoughts, Hopes, and Dreams.
pulled and ripped all the vines away until she found the door. And with a grunt and a groan, she pushed on the door until it finally creaked open on its old rusted hinges. It was very obvious that no one had been inside for a long, long time. Golden shafts of light laced through the dust of ages, and there Snively saw shelf after shelf and row after row of books. Tens and hundreds and thousands of books, all filled with dreams and hopes and lost thoughts. This wasn't just the remembering a place of lost thoughts. This was a library, a place filled with hope and dreams. In awe, Snively walked up and down the many aisles of books. And it was at the back of the remembry that she spied an odd tome, a peculiar book. She took it down from the shelf, blew the dust from the spine, sneezed twice, polite and nice, and then smiled at what she read on the cover. With a light heart and a skip in her step, she scurried from the remembry, the book cradled in her arms. She ran back to the bank and breathlessly said, I will pay your price, kind sir, for the remembry. As I remember, and now I remember well, you said you would sell that place and the dreams inside in a minute for a dime. Well, by my watch, I have a minute, and here is your dime. With that, she let drop a shiny silver dime she had taken from her purse. It tinkled merrily on the polished desk of old Hockaday, the banker. <coughs> he grumbled as he eyed the dime spinning round and around on his desk. I did say a dime, didn't I? Ah. Aha! But I didn't add anything for interest. There's always got to be interest. He began jotting and scritching figures on a yellow pad. Let's see. 12% interest, compounded semi-quarterly on an annual basis, plus penalties, fines and taxes. Hmm, yes, this is right. Yep, I told you I'd sell the building and all the dreams inside for a dime, all right, plus interest of lebendy billion dollars. Needless to say, Snively didn't have lebendy billion dollars. She just barely had the dime. After all, she had been a school teacher, and they were only paid the meagerness of muffins. She thought, and she thought, and finally she looked down at the old book that now sat in her lap. Well... I'll pay your dime, said she slyly, and rather than lebendy billion dollars, I shall trade you something far more valuable than gold. More valuable than gold? glared Hockaday over his glasses pinched on his nose. I'll trade you if indeed what you have is more valuable than gold. At that, Snively slid the old book across Hockaday's polished desk. Hockaday sneered at Snively, spun the book around and looked at the cover. A miserly, single tear trickled down the banker's cheek. Without saying a word, he took out his feather quill pen and silently wrote out a deed giving the remembry to Snively for one thin silver dime, and he did so gladly. Well, Snively and the other Snuffins cleaned that old building, and from that day forward it became the most popular of places in the land of Nihility Hill. It was a place where Snuffins came for free without charge to seek their lost hopes and dreams in the library. Snively, too, found what she had been looking for. She became the librarian, the keeper of books and dreams. But what 
book was it that Snively gave to old Hockaday Snuffin, the banker, that he found more valuable than gold? What book could be worth lebendy billion dollars? It was a book filled with memories of a childhood long ago. The book was titled Lullaby and Goodnight, a child's book of simple verses sung to Snuffin babies as they fell asleep. This very same book, Hockaday's mother had read to him over and over when he was but a baby banker. From memory, he could still recite his favorite rhyme. Raindrops plop, drip and drop into streams beyond your dreams in a land called Hillity Hill. Raindrops plopped, dripped and dropped into the streams that flow to your dreams. Raindrops plopped, dripped and dropped into the streams that flow to your dreams. In a Drops plopped, dripped 